0: Now, if anybody just walked in, they think they missed a movie. And as you're sitting there and seeing that, you think, it's time to go, right? When you get to the movies and this is what is playing, what do you do? You start gathering all your stuff. I hope you're gathering your trash, your uh, popcorn and empty bottles, things like uh, cups, and taking them to the trash can and you're going out and you're talking about what a great movie that was while this is still going on in an empty auditorium it's not quite empty if I or my family have gone to see this movie because we sit through these now some of you need to sit through them because some of these uh, directors writers producers have have a, a hook at the end they, they let you watch this and there's one scene at the end that so many people miss because you didn't sit through the credits and you don't want to miss that so now you might want to sit through those movies to find out. Most people know which ones do and which ones don't. So if it doesn't, you get up and leave. But even those that just play out the credits to the end, I'm going to sit and watch them. Because as those names go by, I'm looking for Mark King. You ever look for your name on this thing? Hey, my name is on the big screen. No, that's not really one. I do. I've seen Jonathan's name. And I got excited. We paused it when we had it, you know, at the house. and stuff. So there's Jonathan King's name. But I haven't seen my name yet, so I'm going to keep watching But really, the reason that I watch the credits as they roll, because everybody up here had a part in making that film. So I sit there in honor of the work of the people who entertained me for the last two hours. Some had a real message to to put forth. Some just wanted to entertain and help us all to have a good time. And we enjoy those movies. But most of the credit, if not all of it, we look at those who... Who are at the top billing the cast, the main actors and actresses that's who we're looking at. But look at all these other people that are a part of this, and this goes on for about seven minutes. And as those names roll, if just one of those did not, the second assistant director now well, that's a title, isn't it? The second assistant director, there is an assistant to the assistant director, and those kind of t- titles look strange, but they have a purpose. There is a thing, there's they have to do something specific or something about this movie is not going to happen. Now, some have bigger parts to play in others, but you take all those wranglers out of that, those two wranglers there, and all these people that are helping with the stunts and things, if they aren't there, we're not going to have as good a movie if we have a movie at all. So I show you this to make a point. So just hold on to that right now. We're watching the credits of a movie, and all those people have a purpose in that movie. Now, Let's talk about freedom. All of you have a purpose and a place right here, and you're important. And it's never been more important than right now this time in the life of this church. I want us to go back to earlier in this year, when our founding pastor, Cliff Marshall, was on this stage, and he announced to us that he was going to be the church planner for the upstate, which meant he would no longer be our pastor. And you remember what that day was like? As an elder, I had privy to the, the knowledge of that ahead of time. So I was I knew it was gonna happen, but it was still, as I watched it played out, it was kind of surreal to, to watch and to see what was happening. In fact, even after the service was over, I stood back at that back door and, and looked over and, and watched how people were leaving, were mingling, were talking, were going to cliff, were and was just trying to capture all that in, and think about that, and process that. And while I was, someone came up to me and said, are we going to be all right? Well, there I was, looking, and wasn't really focused on anybody coming up to me, but when they did that, I said, yeah, um, yeah, uh, w- yeah, we're, we're going to be all right. And she walked off, and Laurie saw what had happened, and she came up to me, and she said, "Mark." You could have been a little more confident than that. And she's right. I could have been. Because we are going to be all right. In fact, we are fine. In fact, we are going to be great. God is still at work here. And that's why I know that we're going to be fine. Because that whole cast and that crew and everybody that's a part of it, 99% of us are still right here. And we're making it happen. Because God has a place for each one of you. I truly believe that God puts the people he needs in the, in the churches, in the local church, where he needs them to be used to reach the community. And that's why you're here in this church, that you have a part here. Now, there's an illustration to comparing um, the local church as the bride of Christ. And Jesus Christ is the groom, and he is not going to let the, the bride falter or fail. He's there to take care of her. So you ladies, as you remember back when you were a bride and and how things were preparing, in all that you were preparing for your marriage, you knew that you were marrying a strong man and you wanted to live the rest of your life with him, and he was going to make that happen. Jesus is even a greater groom than that, and he's going to make it happen. He is taking care of us. Now, for us guys, we can't always relate to that bride of Christ that we are the bride of Christ that doesn't fit me so much so there's another illustration that there's a battle going on that we are warriors for Christ we are ambassadors for Christ he gives us a whole armor a suit of armor to put on to fight this fight and so um, that's the illustration I want you to think back right now because this movie that's playing as it comes to end of those credits that this was the movie called The Patriot now I'm not going to suggest you go out and watch that movie it's a good movie it's a good historical movie it's a good but for pg even pg-13 it was very violent because it's a war movie so just there's the warning with that but the premise of it that it was a fictional retelling of francis marion a great south carolinian that helped turn the tide of the revolutionary war there was a war being fought for freedom and this story the patriot told it out it's it's it was, that was the message of that, of how this great war hero helped. But it wasn't just about the story of Francis Marion. It was the story of the militia, the people of the new country, the people who were fighting for freedom, and not so much the, the professional army, but it was those who were the farmers, the business people, the people who were making the land a new country, They were the one that turned the tide. So as we use that illustration, it's not the professional clergy that's going to turn the tide of what needs to happen in our country. It's going to be the militia, the businessmen and women, the people who live out in the communities, those of you who are sitting here and getting your orders to go and to help spread the peace that Christ wants to bring in the lives of people that freedom that, that we know that only comes through Jesus Christ, the only way our city is going to hear about it is if you take it to them. Sure, there's there's pastors that go around and, and, and you see them in the communities and they have opportunities, but not opportunities like you. They do in their churches, but it's you that turns the tide. Now, the, the British Army saw the militia as just rabble, uh, just more of a nuisance that they weren't going to do anything to help win this battle. They didn't know anything about how to how to fight in a war. But yet this militia of South Carolina turned the tide, held off the British armies from getting together in coalition and held them off long enough for another strategic partner to come through the seas to help us there And it was because of that that turned the tide of the Revolutionary War to bring freedom to this land. One of the most poignant scenes in the movie of The Patriot is where the two main characters have have a time together. The main actress is sitting on the coast of Carolina down near Santee. And the actor who portrayed... Uh, Francis Marion and this was fictional so his name wasn't Francis Marion in that, that movie but he comes up and he looks at her sitting there and she, he says may I sit beside you and her answer was it's a free country or at least it will be at least it will be they were fighting for freedom and at that point it wasn't yet true but it would be on July 4th 1776, the king of England wrote in his journal, nothing much happened today. But little did he know what happened across the waters when so many men signed their names to a declaration of freedom. As you become partners with Freedom Fellowship, that's in in a sense what you're doing. You're signing your name to a declaration of freedom that only comes through Jesus Christ. And you are wanting to tell the world that. You want freedom, not just for America, but for the entire world. This message is not just for Greer, South Carolina, or the Blue Ridge area. It is not just for South Carolina. As great a state as we have, it's not just for us. It's for the whole country. As much trouble as they might be having in Mexico, we want to make sure the message gets down there too. The churches that are meeting underground in China and North Korea We don't want to leave them out in this. The message that we have, the battle that we're fighting, the freedom that we know that only comes through Jesus Christ is for them too. And so what we do here in this auditorium is so important, is so vital to the whole battle that's out there. Don't take this for granted. Don't take this as just another thing that you do in your schedule. The beginning of the week, I'm going to set it aside to go worship God. No, there is a battle before us and you have a part in it. There is a place for all of us. There is a place for Freedom Fellowship, and it's vital, and God is not going to let us fail. And so in that, knowing that, going forward, there are things that we have to progress to do. We need to find a pastor, a lead pastor that can take us and and help us through this, but it's us that's going to do the work. So as we're doing that, the elders will meet uh, Tuesday night and go through some resumes that we've gotten. We're collecting resumes through Tuesday, and uh, if you know of someone that you'd like us to, to look at, please give us that resume or tell them to, to post it online. We'll get those, and we're going through those already, but we'll gather together Tuesday and look at those and see what, what men have, have, have come forward in there, and we'll try to be as, as in tune to the Spirit as we can to find some names that we can take forward and go to the next step with. So be in prayer specifically for Tuesday night. In the search for a building, we know we can't stay here. As great as the facility this is, and, and this is our facility anyway, as we uh, have paid for this through our taxes, we get good use for it. But as a church, uh, we know we need a place that we can call our own, a home. We're looking for that. So uh, we have property out on 290. You're aware of that. And the plan is to build out there. But as we look at what we need, the size we need, and what needs to be done, if you've been out to that property, you know it slopes a lot. So there's a lot of grading that has to be done. There's an expense to that and to make that happen, it's just a lot just to get ready for the building and then to build the building the size we need. It's right now at this point, we decide it's not a wise thing to go into debt for that, that amount of money. Not saying that's out of the picture, but at this point for the finances we have, it's not. So we're looking elsewhere. We're looking at other buildings, warehouses, uh, businesses that have closed down. We're looking at sharing uh, facilities with other churches and we're talking to them. The buildings that we're going to, they might not fit us perfectly, so we haven't found that right place. Um, some of the churches we've talked to, even them may be a little too small or something doesn't fit. Um, so we're running up against a lot of things, but nothing too great for God, that he has a plan. And so we need to find that plan. And in that, in that theme of knowing that God has the answer, I have something that I want to ask you to do. In this transition period, We've already started, and, and I know we've all been working to it, and we've, we're facing it in our own way. But today, I want us to focus in on one thing, and I want to ask you to do one thing as we go through this transition period. One thing I want to ask you to do, because you call yourself Partners of Freedom. And I want to ask you, as, as humbly as I know how, to do this, not because I'm an elder not because even that you are a friend of mine. I want to get all that out of the way and just present the request to you as humbly as I can to plead with you, to even get on my knees and let you know my heart of how important this is that we need to do this one thing. But before I can ask you, I've got to get before you. And so this morning... I don't want to just do it from the stage. I want to come face to face with you. Eye to eye. I want you to know my heart and I want you to know what is needed here. And when I look into your faces and I look into your eyes, I can know that, that there, there is hope because you have some of the same desires that I have. You love this church. You have some things you want to see happen here too. But too many of us, from time to time, we just go about our business, the process, the things we know to do, and daily living sometimes gets in the way. But I want you to go with me. I want you to do this one thing. And as I look into your eyes, I've got to ask. Can I ask you to do this one thing? I know you. I've met you before. I know it's your neighbors with this guy over here. But I can't remember your name. Brad. Brad, Brad I'm Mark. And I want you to go with me with this. So when I ask, I don't want to ask just because I'm <laughs> preaching. But because... It's important to you and your family. It's important to this church. It's important to this community, to each of you. Now, I've just put myself on the line. I gotta remember Brad's name from now on. And I'm going to, because it's important. But we all need to learn each other's names and and do life together. That's why we call them life groups. And so we have to do that. And so as I ask you to do this one thing, don't think that I'm doing it just from up here. I'm going to get back on that stage so everybody can see me and hear me and and pay attention. But as I come through here and I look, I want to look at each one of you to ask this question. I want to ask as humbly as I can. I want to look you in the face. And as I may have failed you, I ask for forgiveness. I want to spend life with you. So I turn from that. And so the one thing that I want to ask you to do is to pray. To pray. I know that you're already praying. But I want it to be more of a of a deeper prayer. Not that those prayers that you pray before your meals are wrong or not enough. Or that your prayers before you go to bed aren't good enough. But I want it to be a prayer that for everything we do, it's, it's going for It has a purpose. There's a plan in what you're praying. There's a desire. That's an end that you're looking to. And, and the end is that this church will be great. That this church will have an impact, an influence in all the people around us. And not just here, but around the world. That we literally would have an influence around the world. There's a scripture in the Bible that I want us to look at. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to it, but piece by piece it'll be up here on the screen as I deal with each one. It's 2 Chronicles 7:14. It starts out, "If my people who are called by my name, my people who are called by my name." Now, let me put it in context. It's in, it's in the Old Testament. The people of Israel have just built a temple under the leadership of Solomon for God. Solomon prayed for God's presence to fill the temple and that he would be there and be their God. And God is responding, responding to the question that if something goes wrong with the land, if a, if a famine comes against the land, if pestilence comes against the land, if there's armies against the land, if that happens, then this. If my people who are called by my name, now specifically he was talking to the Israelites, but I believe the Old Testament is our story too. What happened to the Jews, God was showing as an example for us. And so we, in a sense, are Jews. Jesus, our brother, is a Jew. That would make us a Jew too. So the name that he is saying we're being called by, we don't call ourselves Jews, but we call ourselves Christians. We're believers in Jesus Christ. We claim the name of Jesus. And if you claim the name of Jesus, this is what I'm talking about. So if my people who are called by my name, If they would humble themselves, humble themselves, this is to admit that you can't do it by yourself. There's a term that I learned several years ago called hubris. And it's a term for those who are not humble, it's a term for those who are very prideful, prideful to the point where they think they are invincible so much pride that they think they can do it all on their own and they are protected from anything because of the position and who they are. I watched the Carolina Panthers play last night, watched them win, another close one. But you watch one of those defensive linemen break through the line and give a sack, what happens next? Do they help that guy up say, good job? No, you see hubris in action. They are coming through, and they get up strutting like, I could go through that wall any time. Well, no, they can't. Fifty other times they get stopped. But that one time they got through, and then they're invincible, they can do it. That's hubris in the sports arena, but you can see it in the political arena. And I can think of two prime examples on both sides of the political aisle. There's plenty of hubris in the political realm. It can even happen in the church. It can happen with clergy to think, they can get to a point where they think they're invincible and can't be hurt. But even in the pews, even in those chairs, even in the classrooms of our churches, hubris can be there. We think we're doing it on our own. We're doing pretty good. Okay, God, when the tough time comes, I'll call on you, but right now we're doing okay. No, we've got to get rid of hubris and admit that we cannot uh, do it by ourselves but admit that we can only do it with his help. To humble yourself is to admit you can't do it by yourself. You can only do it through him. Let me get real serious with you. If you think you can do it on your own, try to get into heaven on your own. How good do you have to be to get there? What great deeds do you have to do? What position do you have to hold before you're good enough to get into heaven? There's not one. There's nothing you can do. You cannot do it by yourself. You can only do it through Jesus Christ. So this morning, if you're wondering about, am I called by his name? Well, are you trying to do it by yourself or are you trying to do it by his name? The life we live, even just the very existence, we owe to him. We can't do it on our own. So if we humble ourselves, that means we're saying, I'm calling on the name of Jesus Christ. I want to be named by him. I'm going to do it in his name. This afternoon we're going to have baptism and there are those that have been attending here and found that they needed to turn their lives over to Christ and they want the whole world to know so in humility they'll get out in front of all of us and be submersed in water as an example of them giving their lives over to to God. They can't do it themselves and they're going to be risen out of that water to walk in a new life led by Jesus Christ. And that's what we need to do every day. So you need to be there to see that, to remind you of what you did so long ago to, and not let hubris take over, but be humble. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, pray. Pray. That's what I want you to do. Pray. And you have to be honest about it. Now think about who you're praying to. Praying to God. He already knows what you're going to ask. He already knows what you need to ask and he's been waiting for you to ask it. So go ahead. Tell him what your feelings are. Go ahead and go boldly to him. You need to be honest and you need to be bold. He's a big God. He can take it. Let him know what's on your heart. Open up to him. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, seek my face. Look him in the eye. Go to meet God. When you're praying, don't, don't think that you're writing a letter that you're going to put in the mail to go or you're sending an email to someone and you hit the send and it's going. No, you're having a one-on-one meeting with the creator of the world and he says, look at me. So you're really going to have to be honest when you look into his face. And some of us don't want to because we know what that'll mean. That'll mean that there'll be some guilt that we'll feel. There'll be something on our shoulders that we're going to feel that we don't want to show him. But again, he knows. So open yourself up to him. Be ready to, to share that with him. Open yourself and find out what he's like. Even though you think you're too guilty to go before him, when you go before him and seek his face, find out what he's like and you'll find out that he's what The Jews call Abba, Dada, Father. He is our Father. And those of you who are fathers and and you have your kids wanting to come to talk to you, you want them to come boldly. You want them to be honest with you. You want them to open up to you, even if it means they have to tell you something they've done wrong, some trouble they've gotten into, because if they are, you want to help them. God looks at us and he knows the trouble we're in. He's just waiting on us to come. And he'll help us, just as fathers help their kids. He doesn't want to restrict us. He doesn't want to punish us. He wants to forgive us. He wants us to help us. And so go to him, seek his face, find out what he's like, and then find out what he wants. And what he wants is to love you. He doesn't have some long list of tasks of things he wants you to complete before you die. What he wants to do is love you. He wants you to experience his love. That's your purpose. That's why he created you. That's why we're different from every other creation. It's because he wants to love us and we, he wants us to love him back. So when you seek his face, that's what you're going to find, love. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Now here I could go off on a list of sins that, that might catalog you, and, and I'm hoping I'm hitting one that, that you committed so that you'll feel guilty enough to listen to my message. and you'll want to, No, I'm not going to do that. You know what your wicked ways are. I don't have to name them. Once you saw that, you probably thought of it right away. There are things that you go through every day, and as you do, this maybe not just be one bad habit, one thing, one wicked way. There's, we're facing them all the time. turn from them. As you're going about your day, keep that question in your mind. Is this a wicked way? If it is, I'm going to turn. If it's a wicked way, turn from it. And that's all he asks. Turn. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from from, from their wicked ways, this is what God will do. I will hear from heaven. I will hear from heaven. Let that sink in a minute. I will hear from heaven. When we pray, he hears us. The creator God, who's looking down on all his creation. And all that's going on. From the natural disasters, from the fires out in California, to the tsunamis that happen on the earth, to all those things, to the wars that are being fought, to things that are happening all over, the tragedies that people are experiencing, the poverty that's rampant all across the world, the noise of the rabble that people are all trying to to get ahead. When you... Pray to God. He hears you. All that is silenced. And he hears you. That's enough for me. That he would, he would take time out. He would put everything else away. Focus his attention on me and hear me. Whether I get an answer to my prayer. Whether that he does anything that I want him to do. Whether I, he even acts anything on my behalf. The fact that he has heard me. What that does for me. God listens to me. That's enough. I could stop there, but that's not where he stops. He goes on. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin. Forgive their sin. Now, I'm not talking about the sins you committed before you became a Christian and then, okay, you're on your own from then on. I took care of that, but you've got to be good and holy from now on out. No, I've been a Christian longer than I wasn't, and I have sinned a thousand more times than I ever did before I was a Christian. But Jesus Christ died for all my sin, not just the sins before I became a Christian, but all my sins. And so he forgives. He hears me. He forgives me. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. That's where we want to see. That's what we want to see. The healing of this land. Now take that personally right now and the land that you're thinking about. Let that be your land, yourself, your family, your home. That this prayer that I'm asking you to pray would be one... (coughs) that you see healing in your own life. You see healing in the life of your family. But don't let it stop there because you have the avenue to tell others about this. And the healing that's going to come will be the healing of our city. It will be the healing of our state, the healing of our nation. There needs to be a call of prayer for God's people to pray for the United States of America. But we don't need to stop there because God is a God of the universe and God so loved the world that he gave his only son for the whole world. So we need to be praying that the healing of the land that we're seeing is the land of the entire earth. Pray. That's what I'm asking. That you would pray. Pray. And I'm asking you to start right now. For those of you who are called by his name, I'm asking you to humble yourselves right now. And we're opening up this area right here. For this time, I'm setting it apart, I'm making it holy. That's what holiness means being means set apart. And it is set apart for an important event. That you would start this kind of prayer for yourself, your family, for all mankind that you would come and pray. Humble yourselves to do that. You have six elders in this church, and, and we're about the business of what we are tasked to do, and we're, we take it seriously, and believe me, we have been praying, but I call the elders to, to lead out in this prayer that you would start here in a serious way, more than we've ever done before. That we've got into this process, and we we can follow through the process, but we don't want to just follow the process. We want God to lead the process, and so we need to call on him. And in the midst of it, say, we realize we can't do it without you. Our elders will lead in this. Life group leaders, you need to be leading your groups in prayers for this. But all of us, I ask each one of you that sits here this morning, that you would pray join me in this prayer. I'm going to ask the band to come on up. and They're going to sing a last song. It's going to be about four minutes long. So what I ask, that we would start the prayer here. That it's not the end all. That as, after we get up off our knees here, that it would be over, it would be complete, and, and we would see the healing of the land. It's the start. But I do know one thing. He is going to hear us this morning. And so... If you are called by his name and you seek to humble yourselves before him and seek his face turn from your wicked ways come and pray for him pray to him so that he might hear us he might forgive us and he might heal us